Today we're going to move <clears throat> in a, another step of let's talk. Let's talk. Can you say that? Let's talk. A lot of things can be solved by talking. A lot of things in life, in a family, in a husband and a wife, with their children, or even on the job. A lot of things can be solved just by talking. But I want to share this with you today for your thoughts. Talk is a wonderful thing, okay? Talk is a wonderful thing, but it's only valuable if someone listens. Did you hear me? Talk is wonderful, Sister Kathy, but it's only valuable if someone listens. What do you mean by that? Have you ever spoke to your children and you're talking to them? They're sitting there. They can hear the sound, but have you ever stopped and said, are you listening to me? <clears throat> well, obviously, they can hear you, but they're not listening to you. And I feel like that sometimes that's our great problem. We're hearing, but we're not listening. Let's talk. So who is listening? Man's problem is God, God has the ability, proven in Genesis, he speaks to the waters and they divide. He speaks to the sun, the moon, the stars, and they're scattered into space. He speaks and things begin to happen. Just read it in Genesis' account. He speaks to the sky. He speaks to the earth. And it immediately obeys the command of God. They listen. Not only did they listen, they obeyed. But when it comes to man, this came to be early. But when it comes to man, man not only disregards what he is saying, but we don't even listen to the word. So not only is he speaking, we disregard it, but we will not even listen to it. The word of God. And let me just say this. Everybody says, well, I heard a word from God. And this is for somebody listening today. I heard a word from God and I started to act upon it. I want you to hear me when I tell you, just because God speaks at one moment does not mean he's not going to speak at another moment with a different directive. <clears throat> Did you hear me? He speaks in one moment, and then he speaks in another with a different directive. You say, but God doesn't change. His nature doesn't change, but his methods and the way he does things is constantly progressive. Say, well, can you prove that? Absolutely. Let me prove it to you. Abraham got a word from God. He said, Abraham, I want you to take your beloved son Isaac and I want you to go out and I want you to sacrifice him. Was that not fact, Pastor Kenny? It is a fact. I want you to sacrifice him. Now, can you understand this is the child of their old age? I mean, this was the promised child. And I would imagine it was very difficult to get Isaac out of the house because mama was watching over Isaac. She, that was her precious gem. But now, where are you going today, Pop Abe? Well, I'm going to take Isaac out and I'm going to sacrifice him to God. Say what? But God gave a word. Am I correct? So now we have a word from God and Isaac, he takes Isaac out. You know the story. And Isaac is inquisitive. I see you've got, you've got everything to, to do the sacrifice, the wood and everything. But where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will supply. So now Abraham is on the move and he's getting ready to complete the word of God. Am I right? So now we've got Isaac on the altar tied up and he's ready to, he's lifting the knife. Now, make no mistake of it, everything in Abraham's mind was to thrust the knife into Isaac for the sacrifice. And just before he's coming down, if he hadn't listened to God, 
he would have struck the chest of Isaac. But the second directive, now that's a word from God for somebody here today. The second directive not only saved his life, but God gave him a promise. So when people say, well, God spoke to me, and a lot of people say, well, God spoke to me, and I went out and did this, and it failed. And let me tell you why it failed, because you didn't hear the second directive. Now, who am I talking to today? Because we get a word from God and we think that's it. You better open your heart and open your mind. Don't have such a carnal mind that you will not listen to God. What if Abraham had had that carnal mind and all he was concerned with is that's what God said and by God I'm going to do it? Wham! But he still was open to hear the voice of God say, stop! And he prepared for him a ram. So you understand God can change the directive. Say that back to me. God can change. Change the directive every time. So if you don't believe it, there is the story of Abraham. What would happen? What could happen? Let's say it that way, Pastor Kenny, Pastor Ariel. They're my audience today and minister of the spirit, Kathy Cronin. What would happen if we learned, pastors, to hear the voice of the Lord and then act upon it? And then carefully listen if there's another directive. What is God saying? He said this then, but what is he saying as a, a compliment to the, to, the, to the first directive? Does that make sense? He compliments what he says in the first directive because God made no mistake. Abraham, we're going to have a sacrifice and you're going to do it. Well, that didn't change. What changed was what was on the altar. It complimented the first directive. God help us. And so when this it comes alive to me today, we need to <clears throat> hear the voice of the Lord <clears throat> and act upon it. Now, when we do that, we step out of the normal and the natural into the supernatural. Am I right or wrong? Because you're moving under the voice or command of a supernatural being God. So because of that, we're going to do, if, if God says something, even though people say it can't be done, you're going to see exploits. Say that back to me. I will see exploits. <clears throat> In other words, <clears throat> we will do, start doing great deeds. We'll start doing unusual acts. How many people want to do that? Raise your hand at home. I want to do unusual acts. I want to do what God has said. But never forget what I just said. The first directive can be complemented by another word from God. You say God cannot change his mind. God, it's not a matter of changing who he is, but he can change a command. So I want to do those things. I want to do what God said we could do. I want every bit of it. So when I say unusual or different, it's something that's not habitual, something that's not commonly occurring or done. And you'll see in the church today, the move of the Spirit is not commonly, uh, it's not working as I think it should work. It's unusual when there's a move of the Spirit. Last week, we had an unusual move of the Spirit at the close of the service. It was unusual. By that, I mean it was uncommon. By that, I mean it was out of the norm. By that, I mean it was atypical. By that, I mean it was unexpected. It was surprising. And let me tell you something. When you listen to God, he'll always surprise you. You try to figure God out, and you can't because your carnal mind can't reason it. That's why you have to have the mind of Christ. You have to have the mind of the Spirit. And that Spirit has to be tuned in so that if He gives you a second word, you follow it. 
So if you desire to do the things of God, sometimes, I'm sure some of the pastors here can agree with me, sometimes when God asks you to do some, something, it seems odd. It seems unusual. I mean, look at the prophet when he told uh, the, the, the leper to go uh, dip in the muddy Jordan seven times. That's odd. I won't preach that right now, but that's odd. Seven times in dirty, muddy water. But the outcome was, from that word, he was healed of his leprosy. So if you desire to do something, go ahead and mark this down in your mind. If you desire to do something for God, usually it can be odd or very unusual. And let me say this for those that are wondering. You say, I've heard the voice of the Lord. Okay. But it seems like when God gave me a promise, Pastor Kenny, I went through hell. Excuse the expression. God gives me a promise, and now I must have slipped up because I'm going through hell. I'm going through a storm. I'm just going to touch on this for a moment, and I want you to hear me. When there's a great promise given to you, you're going to have to walk through a great storm to get to it. That's just the way it is. You say, I don't understand it. Well, there's a lot of things I don't understand, but I can promise you I've been around a long time. And anytime there was a great move of God or a great promise, there came a storm. To so much so that you questioned, is God with us? He is with you because he's the God of the storm. He's the God of the mountain. And he's the God of the valley. He's God. So these people that I'm talking about that are doing these, these uncommon things, they're not satisfied with following the crowd. They want to step outside the crowd. They want to hear God because God never moves with the crowd. Did you hear me? God never moves with the crowd. He moves under what he, his purpose and plan is. Now, I'm not saying the crowd couldn't be going that way, but he's going to move under his will, purpose, and plan. That's the way he's going to move. They will not follow the crowd. In other words, their joy is not filled with the status quo. Their joy goes beyond the status quo. And the people of God that will do what I'm talking about, the unusual, the exploits, are not satisfied with walking in spiritual darkness. They don't want spiritual darkness. <clears throat> but these called out ones want to walk where angels desire to walk. They want to walk where the angels walk. They want to see those things that others have not seen <clears throat> and others have not heard. And I'm going to tell you, church as usual is over. The things that we used to think was normal and commonplace and we could expect it, get ready. The church has changed and the things that we thought would not happen are starting to happen. Get ready for the unusual. Get ready for exploits. Get ready for what God is going to do because God is saying a new thing and it shall spring forth. God cannot say something that it will not spring forth. The Bible teaches in Daniel eleven thirty two, 32, and such as do wickedly against the covenant or God's will, purpose, and plan, shall, be, shall he corrupt by flatteries. How many people know you want to flatter one another? It doesn't matter. If you're doing wrong, you're doing wrong. So you can't worry about, the. this came to me early, don't worry about the wicked people. The wicked will always do wicked things. Like, the children of God should do exploits and unusual things. The wicked are going to be wicked and wicked still. I don't worry about that, but I like the second part of this verse. But the people 
that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. God's people will be strong and do the uncommon and do the unusual. How will this happen? Well, it's very simple. Because we trust the voice. And we're listening for any directive. We trust the voice of the Holy Spirit who guides our lives and, and, upholds, and upholds his word. God will uphold his word. But always keep your, your spiritual ears open because where there's one directive, there could be a second directive. And possibly a third directive. We don't know. Hmm. It's very, very interesting. I wonder how many times we've done things thinking God has said, and he did, but he gave a second and third directive that we didn't hear. I mean, somebody might say, well, you know, you need to go out and get in full-time ministry. You need to go to Africa and preach the gospel. You need to share my word to the nations. And then God come back on the second directive and say, you, you need training. You need time. You need to be planted in some ministry somewhere. And yet we don't hear that when all we hear is we've been called for the nations. Not realizing in order to be called for the nations, you have to be in a proper place and sent forth. That's just fact. The ones that hear the Holy Spirit, I call them the called out ones, they step out. When they step out, they don't step out on their words. They don't step out on some other's philosophy. They don't step out on some other person's ideas. Watch this. They step out on truth. And when they step out on truth, they deliver demonstrable facts. What's that? The Word of God. The Word of God. Demonstrable facts. What fact? The fact that our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the only begotten of the Jesus is the only begotten of the Father, that God. These are the called out ones. We say God is alive through our actions. <coughs> God is alive through our demonstration. God is a God that is alive because of our love, because of our concern, because of our commitment. God help us. So they step out on truth. But hear me, Pastor Kenny, this is important. When you step out on truth, this is pounding in my heart today. When you step out on truth, make sure you have your spiritual ears open for a second and third directive. You say, well, that's impossible. No, it's not. It's happened in the scriptures. I'm bringing other il illustrations, but that's not necessary right now. That, that one with Abraham is enough. In 2 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 20, for some of the promises of God are in him, yea, and amen. No, thank you. For all the promises of God in him, God, they're yea and amen. Unto the glory of God by us. God's going to receive the glory because of his word working in, in us. Verse 21, and now he which establishes us with you in Christ hath anointed us in God. You're anointed. If you're in Christ Jesus, you're following the voice of the Holy Spirit, you've got an anointing in your life. Who hath also sealed us, Pastor Ariel. That's a verse we talked about the other day. When some person said God took his spirit away from me and Holy Spirit away from me, so I'd learn. God will never take his Holy Spirit away from a, from a blood-bought child of God. Amen. Won't do it. 
because that's the only one that seals you. The only one that helps you. The only one that can instruct you. Your brain is not that valuable when it comes to the intellect of the Holy Spirit. I just told the truth. Who has sealed us. The Holy Spirit has sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. What do you mean? The earnest is a guarantee that we belong to Him. A guarantee that we belong to Him and has given us the first installment of everything He has promised us. He's already given it to us. How? Through the cross of Calvary, through the shed blood, through the sending forth of the Holy Spirit. There it is. He's already given us the first installment. I want to read that in the New International Version, that's 2 Corinthians 1.20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are still yes and amen in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. We prove it out. We walk it out. We live it out. Now, it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. He set his seal. I love this. In the New International Version. He set his seal of ownership on us, which is the same meaning in the King James Version. He set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, as a deposit, as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So I don't care where you are in life or who you are, God has put a deposit in me, he's put a deposit in you, and it's guaranteed it's going to come forth. But you have to listen to his voice. The first directive, the second directive, and possibly a third directive. Because God is going to move you in the direction he wants you to be. He set his seal of ownership on us. That's a powerful thought. So I'm going to ask you, will we accomplish the unusual through Christ Jesus? Will we accomplish it? Can we do it? Now, in these sessions, that's always an abbreviated sermon. On Sunday mornings, I always preach it to its fullest extent, or try to. Last Sunday, God took me in a whole another direction. So you say, I'm not going to come to church. I'll listen at home, which is fine. But things happen in this service that's totally different. Will we accomplish the unusual through Jesus Christ? Make no mistake. These unusual things, these exploits that I speak of, are not unusual to Jesus. You think they're unusual because you've not seen it. But they're not unusual to Jesus because in him it's yes and amen, according to 1 Corinthians. It's already done. It's a done deal. What is really unusual is the flesh. You hear me? What's really unusual is that the flesh has the ability to believe and trust God. That to me is unusual. <clears throat> that a man and woman, boy or girl, could step out of themselves out of their flesh, and say, I am going to trust God. I've heard his word. I'm listening for the second, third directive, if there be one. If not, I'll carry out the first. What is really unusual is that the flesh has the ability to believe and trust God at a supernatural level. To me, that's paramount, unusual. Can you say that? Great things, exploits. So seeing those things when I hear God's directive and I want to move into the uncommon, seeing those things that cannot be seen with the natural eye, I want to see it, Pastor Kenny. Nor those things that are easily accepted by the natural mind. I want to see it and hear it. Hear me, church. This is where signs and wonders occur is in the uncommon. 
signs and wonders. And it's going to come forth from people just like you. You say, well, I'm waiting for Jesus to come back before there's signs and wonders. It'll be too late then. We need the signs and wonders now. And it's that operation in the, in the people of God now. Why? Because how can you say that? Are you guaranteed? Absolutely. The deposit has been made. It's in my life. It cannot be changed. It cannot be altered. My mind can say certain things, but it's the spiritual mind within me that says, I'm going to go forward and I'm going to achieve. God. So I ask of those you, of you that are here today and those that are listening, do you want the unusual? Do you want the uncommon? Do you want the exploit? I believe you do. I'm going to end this session with those thoughts. And I say again, if you want to hear complete messages, you need to come out to the house, 1521 Hurt Road, Marietta, Georgia, at 10:15 a.m. Not only you'll hear from me at times, many times you'll hear from different pastors here. You'll hear from my son Ariel. You'll hear from Pastor Kenny at times. You'll hear from Pastor Mike. This is important to me. These people are important to me because <clears throat> they help me and assist me with what God is saying. And they can never get confused. Don't ever get confused when you're following a man or woman or God that's truly anointed. Because God may give a directive and we're all gung-ho going that way. And then God may speak and say, don't do that. Can I give you a case in point? I will give it to you as I close. Years ago, I was going to build a cathedral, a much larger facility than this. This facility can seat when it's all per, in place over 1,000 people. Our Family Life Center can seat over 1,000 people. And I was going to build a cathedral because at that time, we were running three services on Sunday. And God, I said, God, I'm going to build that. Yes, but I was gung-ho. I thought I had the directive. And just when I was going to start doing it, sitting in the bank, getting ready to sign the papers... That's another part of this message I'll cover Sunday. Just ready to sign the papers, the second directive comes. Now, what if I'd have only held to the first directive? We'd be in trouble because God saw COVID-19 coming. He saw the economic downturn. He saw it. But the second directive was don't do it. So you think God doesn't change his mind? It's not a matter of changing his mind. He changes courses for you. For your betterment, for your good. Now, I know I spoke the truth because many who know me know that if I hear God, I go after it gangbusters. But when God says, hold it, then the people around you have got to say, he obviously heard from God or he wouldn't be doing it. Because, man, I'm going to get it done. But the first directive is not always what he's going to do. It could be the second and third directive. I'm not saying it'll be that way all the time, <clears throat> but you have to be open to hearing God's voice. I want to pray for you because I believe I've said something today that'll work in your life. Bishop, is it important that I accept Jesus Christ in my heart and my life? Let me tell you, no man will see the Father without Jesus. The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is truly the King of kings and Lord of lords. You have to accept Jesus. You've got to go to the cross and realize that he shed his blood. <clears throat> he went to the grave and on the third day he was raised. The problem is the church is hanging out in the death and the burial. It's the death and the burial. And that's where they hang out. Not realizing there was a third directive. It was called the resurrection.
So God is wanting to do a new thing in our lives, and I believe Jesus wants to save you. He wants to heal you. Well, Bishop, do you believe, what do you believe? Is Jesus close at hand? I'm going to tell you something. And you can argue with me, and some of you that are into apologetics and want to argue the Scripture, I will not argue them because the Bible speaks for itself. But the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he also said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And then when he said, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to leave you with something called the comforter. Am I right? The spirit of truth. He'll never leave you. The Bible also says in one part that me and my father will come and take up our abode in you. So that means he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That means he's with me right now. No, he's not physically standing in front of me, but the essence of Christ is inside my life right now. That's why I can preach this message, and that's why you can feel the power right now coming right through your device, because the power of a God is real, and you can't stop it. Some of you now are getting healed as I speak because the Word of God is coming forth. Some of you are getting saved because the Word of God is coming forth. Some of you that were brought up in church and no longer even go to church or are part of a church, you're feeling that hunger again, wants to be, once again to be involved and remember in your youth how you felt. This is important. I want to pray for you. Father, I want to thank you for this opportunity. I thank you, God, for this method where we can reach out to many thousands of people around the world. And I thank you, God, that you've given us a word in due season. And God, I'm, I so want to hear your word, but not only just the central word, but if there's a second or third directive, I want to hear it. I thank you, God. I love you, Lord. And so many people, touch your hearts, God, that need you right now. Those that need healing, touch them right now. Those that need direction, touch them right now. Those that feel lost and hopeless, touch them right now. Those that are discouraged and despondent, touch them right now. Those with COVID-19, with cancer, with diabetes, with rheumatoid arthritis, with lupus. I say in the name of Jesus, sicknesses of the devil, I apply the blood of Jesus Christ, which is already at work. And I say in the name of Jesus, be you, be you made whole. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And they all would say, amen.